Welcome into another episode of Leafs Talk Forever. I'm entrance music ran a little bit too long, but that's okay. Uh, we have obviously new theme music. Uh, Scott and Kyle are with us tonight. Kyle, say a little, say a few words. Yeah, uh, thanks, Spencer. I'm back in uh, back here tonight. The boy is back. Yeah, what can we say? We're happy to see you, Kyle. It's been a couple weeks. You have a soundboard? Yeah, I got some got some new soundboards going on here. Okay, you didn't say anything about that. Yeah, I got to throw it up. Oh, and also, for everyone who's watching on our YouTube stream when we uh, upload it, check out this new graphic I made. Bong! I updated the promo code, threw some blue on the sides, looking a little bit sharper, I think. Scott's a little bit cut off. Sorry about that. Um, That's great. But yeah, I think... We've got some. We've got some cool, cool things. Um, I have a few sounds here, sound effects. Kyle's back with us. We got a couple new, um, or a, a new. Uh, how do I want to say this? A new flow of how the podcast is going to roll uh, to keep people engaged. And uh, yeah, so without further ado, Kyle, take her away. Oh, sweet! Thanks for thinking. Yeah, no, uh, no worries. It's up okay. to you, man. Like, what was the highlight of your week from all the things that the Leafs ha- had happened in them? The highlight of my week? Um, I don't know. It was just a good – it was a good Saturday-Sunday last week, right? Like, we go in facing two of the best teams in the NHL. Um, prior to that, coming off of a win against uh, Philadelphia, okay, we turned it around a little bit. But we didn't expect to win both – both games against Boston, who was, what were they, 8-1 and one or something at the time? Yeah. And then going to Carolina with Shalgren starting and beat them too. Like It was a good weekend for the boys, but um, unfortunately we uh, we lost, lost Sammy for a little bit. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I've never seen a goalie bite so hard on a deke before in my life. Like... Brad Marchand came over the blue line, snapped his stick, <laughs> his leg went back, and snapped one Sammy's kneecaps. Like that was the most uh, hard bitten I've ever seen a goalie be. Like, and then he fell backwards. Like, not only did he break his legs, his leg got stuck under him, and then sprung board out. It was. Uh, I thought he was going to be out like ten to twelve weeks, just by the fact that his whole body was laying on his one knee. But apparently, he's back at practice. So. Scott, what was the highlight of your week? With the Jays, or with the Leafs, of course, not the Jays, sorry. Not school, with not anything Jays. else. But yeah. Oh, uh, also, speaking about the Jays, you see that uh, there's 13 qualifying offers put on today, and Ross Stripling did not get one of them. I did see that. They that got Bass back, but. Yep, that is uh, absolutely embarrassing, I think. But anyways, over to you, Scott. Uh, highlight of my week. For the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, I probably have to say on Matthews heating back up. I think he has what five goals in his last six, six or seven games, after having one in the first eight or seven, something like that. So it's nice to see him finally uh, putting the puck in the net and and then scoring goals like everybody knows. Only I think eight behind Connor McDavid for league lead. 
when he had a slow start at the beginning, people said that he was only going to score 30 or, excuse me, 20 or 30. And, uh, yeah, now he's only like eight behind Conor McDavid. Only eight. Yeah. Also, I, I didn't see Bo Horvat going last on. Year and then he scored 60. No, that's true. Do anyone see Bo Horvat going on? He's second. Oh, I did. That's goals. why I picked him in fantasy. I was just going to say. Oh, oh, yeah. He was sitting sure. on the free agency for a while, and someone snuck in there and picked him up. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about sneaking in there and trying to pick someone up? Uh, Kyle tried to get fucking, or pardon me, uh, freaking uh, Chris Kreider from me. Like this guy can score fifty goals, bro. Okay, you didn't you didn't counter with anything. Yeah, one. yeah, I did. I was just curious. Yeah, I did. I said, uh, I think I said Forsberg. You just said Georgiev and Debrinket, and that's a counter. <laughs> I, said, I don't know if I want to trade him. I was like, okay, I'm not. He said, I'm, I don't know if I want to trade him. So is that Kawhi? Yeah. <laughs> It kind of sounds like my grandma actually. Actually, me and Scott's grandma take a listen. <laughs> there it is. I'm not sure if we're going to get in trouble for uh, copywriting, but uh, I mean, I, I guess he only owns his laugh. So, um, one of a kind. And, and he's yeah, definitely he not, copyright his laugh. So you. And he's definitely not um, listening to our podcast. So, I think we're fine. Um, yeah, I did counter with something, Kyle, and then you said how much for Rupe Hints. No, because, that, was, that was only because you'd said, I don't know if I want to trade him. Yeah, so, because, like, I, who am I going to take? Alex Debrinkad? I'm not you even guy's not scoring 40 without Van, or, uh, Patrick Kane. So, if you want to give me something, let's make a deal right now on the podcast, live on the podcast. I'll take... Uh, oh, yeah. Alex Debrinkad. I'll take... <laughs> so, I'll wasn't, take Nathan wasn't he supposed to 70 this year? Uh, yeah, I think he was supposed to get like, yeah, well, the Ottawa Senators are supposed to win seven games, and so far they've lost seven in a row, I think. Yeah, he was supposed to have 70 goals and 110 assists or something like that? Oh, yeah, you know what? I'm calling this guy out because, Scott, I think you know how much I'm not a fan of this guy. Jeff Merrick, okay? Everyone knows that, uh, that, uh, what's his face there on Ottawa that got injured? Josh, Josh Norris, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. When he got injured on the Jeff Merrick show, I was sitting at a Circle K in Bracebridge, Ontario, drinking pop and eating Doritos for a great lunch. And Jeff Merrick was on my screen saying that with Shane Pinto, the combination of Tim Stutzla and Claude Giroux, with Shane Pinto and Josh Norris on the picture, kind of reminds him of Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Jordan Stahl. Elliot Freeman said, it's been six games. Hold your horses. Today, today, this guy really said that he thinks the injury of Josh Norris is the reason why Ottawa's not playing well. Does this guy not realize that he's recorded? Almost like he doesn't actually know what he's talking about. He just says what he thinks people want to hear, so they'll listen to him. Also, I didn't realize this. It's kind of a kick in the face to everyone else, but I'm pretty sure he's like, he went to like law school or something. Like I'm, I, I don't think he actually went to like something like I don't think necessarily he went for journalism, which kind of sucks for all the other people who are trying to get a crack at it, and then people are just know who like know who to get them in with. You know what I mean? Yep. 
Anyways, the moral of the story is I'm sure that there's some time that we've said something and that we've counteracted or contradicted that same statement. Yeah, we're not supposed to be experts on TV. And when you're listening or when you're on the Sportsnet TV and all across Canada and the Sportsnet radio all across Canada, all the different channels, and you get told by Elliot Freeman to hold your horses, and then you go and counteract everything that you're saying. That's embarrassing. Also, he said Hampus Lindholm and Charlie McAvoy are going to be 1-2 in Norris voting this year. Charlie McAvoy plays his first night game with the Bruins tonight. And you have him on fantasy. And he's on my IR because I need to make a trade. Oh. I can't, take him. I can't take him off. I need to trade someone, a defenseman, and I think a forward, and I think the defenseman. We're doing a live trade talk around this podcast. I think the forward. Also, if you like fantasy hockey, tune into all the Hockey Podcast Network fantasy, sh- fantasy shows because I think there's like three of them, and they give you some good tips on who to, who to pick up. Just gonna um, gonna jump in here for a second. Uh, he graduated from the University of Guelph with a bachelor in arts as an English major. Oh, okay, okay. Well, anyways, I think he did say something about he, he went to school for law. So, good for him, I mean, I he may have went after that, but but when I typed it up on Google, it came up that he graduated from the University of Guelph as an English for English. Well, I apologize. Uh, there we go. Now, next week on on the podcast, I'm going to go counteract or contradict exactly what I just said because I love Jeff Merrick. <laughs> Anyways, um, I need to get rid of defenseman. I think the defenseman I'm trying to get rid of is um, Nurse. I can't stand Edmonton. So well, you know I, who I heard uh, is good lately for like the last couple of days from reporters on Twitter and stuff Justin is Hall? Uh, Justin Hall. Yeah, you got him on fan. Whoa, I almost fell off my chair. Whoa. Whoa. No, why would I ever pick Justin Hall in fantasy? Okay, that, that's getting really annoying already. Anyways. Yeah, you've got twice. <laughs> uh, I, I only had a certain amount of time. I couldn't find any extras. Anyways. Uh, that whole week. <laughs> I was busy. Anyways, um, yeah, I accidentally almost fell off my chair. I don't know why you would have Justin Hall in fantasy. Maybe because he's a block master. Yeah, because he doesn't know what he's doing, so he just gets hit in the, with the puck by, by accident because he's getting out of the corner. He's a block. He doesn't purposely right? block shots. He's just standing there in the pocket. <laughs> he just eats the puck. Kyle, it's so funny because remember <laughs> last year when we did well, we didn't one together. Part of Scott. He's not he's in the way. I think there's a delay. Yeah, I think that might be. Sorry if we're experiencing technical difficulties, but uh, uh, just quick. Kyle, remember last year when we did one? Well, we didn't do one together, but we talked about it like pretty much every day. And uh, I remember we'd always go for like Radko Gudis, Jacob Truba, all those players because they'd give you blocks and hits. Blocks and hits, yeah. Yeah, both of us dropped. I mean, you had uh, Jacob Truba on yours, but the one I do by myself as well, I dropped Jacob Truba because he's just a plug because no one no one goes for blocks and hits anymore. Yeah, he, he doesn't put up any points. And a lot of the time when the Rangers um, get scored against, it's him that's on the ice because Lindgren and Fox, they're pretty good defensively. Yeah, well, it just sucks because that's how, like, I think that's how, well, I mean, you, you are still doing well, but I think that's how I found success is I went for guys like Andres Lee who got a lot of shots, um, uh, Brent Gallagher, Nazem Kadri, those type of guys. And then on the fence, I went for the Trubas, the Gudises, those type of – and Tom Wilson as, as well. 
who got you lots of shots and hits. And now, like, people, I guess, have worked around that and are doing, like, blocks. So, um, also, just a little segue here in NHL hockey games. Scott, remember that one time that I was uh, on the range or playing the Rangers and you were in Toronto and I had Jacob Trouba injure, like, all four of the top guys on Toronto? Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, we were playing, like, a little mini series, I think, or maybe just games against each other. And Jacob Truba and Angel 22 has got the truculent ability. So he just crushes guys. And I think in a span of like what's got one period, I had injured yeah. like Matthews Nylander and Marner. And then I injured Tavares before the end of the game. So Jacob Truba is actually a beast. Anyways, let's bring this back to the Leafs. Hey, Jeff Merrick. <laughs> <laughs> um, Keith Petruzzelli, I believe that's how you say his name. Uh I don't know, actually. I mean, I guess I could ask Gord Miller. or Is that his name? Gord Miller? Yeah. Because uh, he also found out that it's actually Lilligren or whatever the heck he said his name was. It's not Lilligren anymore. Lilligren. Yeah, he asked him before the game, like Pat Tabler, and he said, it doesn't actually matter, but the real pronunciation is this. And then he said, so what would you like to be called? And Lilligren said, whatever you said. It's like, he just said it doesn't matter. Anyways. Uh, so Keith like Petruzzelli gets gets the contract. Pardon me. It's like the Abruzzese, Abruzzese thing all over again. Yeah, and oh, like oh. the uh, to- uh, uh, it used to be Cockney. I mean, now it's caught. Like all his life, it's like all his life in the NHL, it's been Cockney. I mean, and now it's Gordon Miller said it's actually caught in the Emmy or something like that. So now he calls him something different. There's actually another guy in the Leafs too, Samsonov. They they say. Was it Samsonov or Samsonov? Yeah, in Washington it was Samsonov, and in Toronto it's Samsonov, like Sergey Samsonov. Which it's—I don't understand how it's Samsonov if if you didn't call Sam Sergey Samsonov that. Like, I don't know how people came to that realization because apparently he said that it's always been Samsonov. So in Russia, where there's a different dialect. Yeah, but I mean, like, if he's saying it's always been Samsonov, and people like Gord Miller are calling Samsonov, that just makes. The the announcers look dumb, yeah, like yeah, in my true. opinion. But yeah, so um, Toronto places uh, Abe Kubel, so I won't have to struggle with that name anymore on waivers, and they give that roster spot to Keith Petrozelli, which in turn puts them back at fifty contracts, which they could have potentially used tonight or today when uh, Brassois went on waivers. Do you guys think Brassois would be a good option for Toronto? Yeah, I um, I think he would have been, um, just because I think going into this year before he was placed on um, LTIR, I'm pretty sure he was supposed to be the night starter. And even last year, um, when they figured out that stuff with Lander, um, I think he ended off the season as the number one starter and wasn't bad, from what I remember. So yeah, I de- I definitely would have, but I mean. It is what it is, and I bet you he'll be picked up by someone else. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would imagine some lower-ranked team, huh? Or nobody, because there's been a couple players on waivers that I was surprised that didn't get picked up. Yeah, but usually goalies like that always get picked up. Like Anton Forsberg got picked up. Uh, Marcus Helberg got picked up twice. Oh, yeah, he got uh, from, picked up again From today. Seattle, yeah, to LA or Ottawa. And that happened again last year with, I think it was like Joey DeCore or something with Ottawa. Just Seattle and then, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it always happens with those backup goalies who, like, 
I mean, obviously Matt Murray and Samson or Samsonov can do the job, but it's almost like if Matt Murray is potentially if they're rushing him back and he gets injured again, I know Shalgren can do it, but it almost appears to me that Shalgren's better when he has no other option but to play. You know what I'm saying? Like Samsonov came and got injured. Shawburn played the last 20 minutes, stopped all whatever it was, nine shots, eight shots. And then against Carolina, he played, like, super well. Mm-hmm. But the last couple of games where he knows, like, he's just a backup and there is another option, he seems like he struggles more. Well, against Vegas, I don't think he was that bad. I just found, I don't know about you guys, but every Vegas chance that they had, or every every time they had the puck in their zone, it was a high scoring chance. It wasn't just like a, uh, uh, let's say, uh, four on three, just to, oh you know, yeah, it around. Like it was all like two on one, like three on two fast break. Like yeah, and and the the interesting thing about that is Mitch Marner said after the game that he noticed that Vegas was a like they play fast off the puck. It's like. Toronto was also supposed to be fast off the puck. So if, if Vegas is playing faster than you off the puck, they could just be a faster team. But also, it just kind of seems to me like maybe you should use that mentality going forward. Because, like, they did – there's, what, four saves that Shogren had and they were all breakaways or yeah. partial breaks where the forward – even if it wasn't necessarily classified as a breakaway where the defenseman or the forward was behind the defense. And it happened to Riley Smith twice, didn't it? Didn't he score the tying goal on, the, on shorthanded the same way? Like didn't he go backhand on Shogren again? Uh, I don't. I don't think. I think it was forehand club side, wasn't it? One was a one timer. Uh, oh, was it? Carlson. Yeah, Carlson gave him a nice feed. It was. I think it was a give and go. Um, Kelly McCrimmon was on uh, one of the radio shows, and he was saying so many people criticized Vegas. I want to get you guys' opinion on this one, actually. So many people criticized Vegas for trading, like, um, what's his name, Pacioretty and stuff for cap space saying that they got nothing back, but in turn, they actually got cap space. And trading them, all those players that they did, allowed them to keep Riley Smith. Are you guys buying that? Because I'm not. Like, what do you guys think? Do you think that's actually legitimate truth, that they had to trade all those players to keep the cap space so they could keep all the players that they wanted? Or do you think they just trade the cap space to try and get the next best target? You can go ahead with this one, Scott. Um. I mean, I can see it both ways. I don't think they necessarily traded Pacioretty to get cap space because just for Riley Smith or whoever. But, I mean, it seemed to work out that way. So, obviously, that they're going to say that, that that's what happened. I don't I don't think that they did. I think they just got rid of Pacioretty because they, were, they needed cap space and he was the best option, I guess. But I don't think they did it specifically to to keep Riley Smith or whoever other players that they ended up signing because of it. Like, it just seems like they're such a ruthless organization where it's like every offseason there's some kind of target that everyone wants that not everyone can afford, but then they try and be in the mix. And it's like, okay, what other player can we trade? You know what I'm saying? Like, Pacioretty was the victim this year. Who's going to be the victim next year? Probably, I would assume, Robert Leonard's contract if they don't want to use it for LTIR because I don't expect him to want to play for Vegas. I mean, that's what happens when you wanted to be competitive early instead of actually building a team in an expansion and then you have to bring in all these players so you are competitive and then you don't have any cap space. 
that Vegas is the only like their their expansion draft expansion rules and the trades that they made like no other expansion team has ever done that. Not even Seattle got that. Like Atlanta, Carolina, or Carolina was an expansion team. They were a move, but Atlanta, Columbus, Minnesota, uh, whoever else, Edmonton, and all them in the eighties. Like they, yeah, like they weren't given rules and 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 like whatever tra- had to make or they didn't have to make, but they made those trades so they were competitive right away, so it would work out. Like Vegas, yeah. I mean, in the end, I guess you could argue Edmonton because they did get Gretzky and Messi and all them, but 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 the way Vegas was set up right from the get go, it just seemed like, like obviously they had the, the the cap issues they had were inevitable because of all the players they were adding. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I just think it's like interesting that that's the and then people again like the reporters who are asking these questions and stuff, then they believe it. They're like, oh well, like. Obviously, uh, Kelly McCrimmon is a GM that understands the cap. That's why he's making all these moves. And it's like, in actuality, you didn't believe that. You just said that because that's the the most recent news. Similar to, pardon? It's funny that they say that, though, now that Vegas has a good record. Because towards the end of the season last year when they weren't making the playoffs, everybody was freaking out. What What's Vegas doing? They're just going to crap out. They're, they're, they're showing that they... They were kind of a flash in a pan, and they're falling back down the standings, and they're gonna have to dump people and yada yada yada. But now that they have a good record, it's like similar to the Leafs when they yeah. they're not playing well. Everybody's jumping off the bandwagon, but then when they have a good stretch of games or a good record, everybody's back on the bandwagon, saying like the GM's the best in the league and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I just it's just kind of annoying to be honest. Like the media in general is just kind of like. Uh, I, I just want to touch on this. I know you guys don't want to get into it. I know we're bouncing all over the map here. Um, we don't have to get into it too much detail, but I think it should be talked about. Uh, and and there's a reason why I want to talk about it. So as everyone might know, Mitchell Miller, um, Arizona Coyotes draft pick, got basically squashed from the NHL based on things that happened from the age of whatever you are in grade 8, 12, 13, 14, whatever, to 18 plus where he basically bullied and harassed and physically abused a black mental um, mental health or uh, sorry a mentally disabled kid. Um, anyway, so the NHL basically deemed him ineligible. Boston signed him recently. Uh, there's backlash, rightfully so. He gets deemed ineligible again. They release him. So his his agent, uh, I think his name's uh, uh, I don't even know how to say his first name. Um, uh, he he has this one hour segment on the Cam and Strick podcast, and I don't know. Obviously, Scott, I know you don't really listen to podcasts. Kyle, did you listen to it at all? I, did, I do listen to podcasts, but I, I did not get to hear that one yet. So he he goes on. The agent goes on and says, basically, here's all the things that we we checked. He's done hours and hours and hours upon hours of research to figure out that he actually is doing these things. Uh, whether it be volunteering in the community, um, working with uh, going to, I know it's volunteering in communities, but to be more specific, apparently he's going to schools in the areas of hockey teams that he's playing with. And he's talking to kids about bullying and, and, and racism and this and that. He's taking all these courses and diversity programs and all this other stuff that the, the, the agent said, who is black, by the way, said, you have to do this or we won't represent you. So 
it's, it's an hour long, so I'll just get to the premise of it. He's basically saying he's doing all these things, and also Mitchell Miller and the the victim, Isaiah, have have rekindled some kind of relationship, and Isaiah is saying, good for you, man, chase your goals, blah, 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 blah. Bullshit baffles brains. That's it. That's all I'm getting out of this. Is that What I was listening to is this agent is telling the most fibs in the world, which what does that do to the person? It then re opens his uh, scars, the healing process that he's went through. You know, he moved to Detroit. He has a family. Um, he's tried to move on and heal. And now the only way that they can factually make sure that this isn't true is if he either releases the documents saying these pe- this person didn't talk to me or we didn't have that communication or just put on a statement. So the agent's going on saying like, uh, he's involved in this program and this program and this program and three programs had come out so far and said, we have no evidence of him working with us. Like it, it was just an embarrassment. Obviously, Scott, I've talked to you numerous times about this. It's just like people don't, people don't get second chances often in life. It may seem like they do, but like in actuality, if you, if you're, if you get arrested for whatever, the the crime is and you serve 15 years in jail and you get out do you get another chance at a job only like fast food like you don't get too many chances because no one wants to hire a criminal so why if this guy's actually been been um tried in court and the in in the the judges saying basically needs to do this many hours of community service why is he getting another chance at the nhl playing living his dream when isaiah the victim had to suffer every single day one of the things that he did to him was he rubbed a lollipop in a urinal a dirty urinal and then gave it to him the agent goes as far as saying they actually tried to give it to numerous different other kids but this kid fell for it so basically it's on him so anyways isaiah releases a statement today saying like it's not true we haven't talked i'm tired of talking about it and it's 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 it breaks my heart and like Basically, it's time to move on and stop talking about it. So in a roundabout way, what I'm trying to say, I'm trying to ask you is, if you guys have known anything or heard anything about it, what is your opinion? Do you think he he gets another chance? Do you think he should get a chance? Do you think that they should actually hold him accountable? And also, uh-huh. secondary to that, do you not think it's embarrassing for his agent, who represents predominantly, predominantly black players in the NHL, like Wayne Simmons, I think he represents, he represented both the Stewart brothers, I think he represents Andrew, or Vander Kane, do you not think it's embarrassing for a black man to try and, as an agent, to try and be a savior to this kid, I think, so then he has personal, uh, personal gain, I think that's the only reason why he did it, because he was talking this big game that obviously turned out to be not true, so... We'll start with the first question. Do you guys think that he deserves another chance? No. I don't think yeah. he deserved a chance, period. Me neither. And he, if you go on social media or comments on articles or whatever you – your news uh, – wherever you get your news from, people are always like, oh, it happened so many years ago. People change – Everybody did stupid things when they were a kid. Well, it's not the fact that he did it when he was a kid. It's the fact that he did it for so long and didn't feel any remorse over it. Like, it was what? Like, five five or six years? Like, from uh, when they were 14 from, to when they were 18? Yeah, right? from grade 8 to grade 12, yeah. Yeah, so like, yeah, 14. Oh, sorry, go, go. 
go ahead. I'll, uh, I'll add my thought in after. So, yeah, like 14 to 18. Like, yeah, you can look back. Everybody had the stupid things they did when they were a kid. But when you did it, most people felt bad after doing it. They apologized. They made amends for it, whatever. He did it for five years. Didn't care enough to even say sorry. Didn't care enough to even realize that it was bothering the kid. Maybe scarring him in some mental, psychological way. He had no remorse whatsoever for anything he did in those five years. While doing it, since doing it, in the process of coming back into the media. So, no, he, I don't think he deserves a second chance at all. Yeah, and like you said, five years, like, that's a lot of time. And kid would go to school five days a week and have to wake up every single day to realize that, oh, it's just going to be the same crap every day. Kid probably didn't want to go to school. Um, Keep in mind also, he did like this. This actually dates back from the victim's perspective from grade one, when they found out that his parents. I think he was raised by two white white people, and he's obviously black. Um, and I guess he was adopted, so that was the main target for a lot of years. Was that he was adopted? His parents didn't want him. So I mean, like, you can continue. I just wanted to point out that I'm reading a statement here, and it actually says that he bullied him since grade one. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And he was four, 14 to 18. Like, at that stage, it's like, I don't know. Not not saying bullying is acceptable because it's not at all. But, like, everyone experiences bullying from, I don't know, grade, let's say, one to maybe five. And then after that, it kind of, like, slows down, I'd say. I don't know what you guys think. Right? Yeah, that that's true. I would usually, imagine. I mean, some people get bullied more. Yeah. But usually you find your friends. I think yeah. it depends on this situation. But, like, yeah, through true. high school, too? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I knew a lot. Well, I mean, not a lot of people, but there was people who I knew that had some, like, Asperger's or autism or whatever, and they were viewed as weird or got mocked for the things that they did. Yeah. But it doesn't strike me as surprising that he was being bullied because of his, whether it's... Uh, family issues or or his mental health issues or mental disability issues. Or his but it's skin. most of the time people who did that bullying that, that I knew or witnessed or whatever felt bad about it pretty much the second they did it. Like they apologized, they whatever. Eventually, not right away, but like they made amends with what they did. Like he has no, he didn't do that. He continued to do it because he thought it was cool. He thought it was funny. He thought it was the thing to do to get what people to like you like grow up buddy yeah and and also so middle of october i was being texted constantly every day till i answered a snapchat and ig message from mitchell miller he asked me why i always have my parents doing stuff for me why i can't speak for myself um then he offered his apology and said i'm sorry uh just want you to know that this doesn't involve hockey are you dumb like obviously involves hockey because is, literally oh, okay. I thought the are you dumb part was part of the message. No, no, like you got signed literally a week later. And then the last little bit of his of his thing that I think really uh touched a lot of people, like when when Jeff Merrick read to Elliot Freeman, I think Elliot Freeman was almost crying. Like he said, um, well, there's a couple things I'm gonna blur out because I don't think that everyone needs to hear it, but uh I'll start from here. Mitchell isn't my friend. It hurts my heart to what from what he did to me. 
I just wanted to tell everyone when Mitchell says we are friends, this isn't true. I just can't take any more or I just can't take more of this. Like this is the problem with this situation is and in Boston, Boston Bruins, you fucked up bad because you didn't actually take anything into consideration. You just wanted a potential what people quote unquote deemed. Even his agent said other people around the league said he could have a 10 year career in the NHL. You only looked at what he could do for your, for your organization. You didn't look at how it would affect the victim. And now the victim is going to be slandered, which he is getting slandered on online, getting bullied, getting harassed. His kids getting harassed. His kids like literally a year old. Like, do you really think that you needed to do this stuff again? You didn't. Like, let this guy move on with life because I'm telling you right now that if I did that stuff when in, in my little small town that me and Scott are from and grade eight to grade, uh, grade 12, my life would be ruined. Like, I don't understand why if I got, if I got charged with something or went to court for something and I applied to a job, they wouldn't just give me a second chance once they find out that found out that I committed legitimate hate crimes. And the other argument that they're making is that the judge was black. So if the judge didn't feel that it was a personal attack on him being black, why did the judge sent, not sentence him? Because judges are, they're, they're supposed to leave personal bias aside. Sometimes they don't. Yeah, but but sometimes they don't. But, I mean, obviously this judge probably did. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying he didn't. I'm just saying. Like, it just irritates me so much that people are actually saying, well, he was in grade eight. People make mistakes. Everyone deserves a second chance. You know when your second chance came? When you got drafted into the NHL and you didn't apologize to the family and you still kept it going. And then when you went away to play hockey at a higher level and the NCAA, then your friends went and bullied this kid. And kept it going and going and going. I'm glad Barry. I don't even like Gary Bettman, but I'm glad that he stepped up and said, basically, you're ineligible to play in the NHL. They still haven't terminated his contract, but allegedly it's supposed to be terminated. The agent said he's got no recollection of that happening. Um, he was supposed to be on contract termination waivers. He's not. Uh, apparently, from what I understand, Boston's pleading to the NHL that that money shouldn't be terminated. He should have to pay him out. I think Boston's just trying to cover the tracks. He doesn't deserve the money that he's guaranteed for three years. And I think they should take that money, make Boston pay that money, but don't pay it to him, pay it to organizations that will help um, um, uh, developmentally slow people, um, mentally uh, ill people, um, bullying associations. Pardon me? People with learning disabilities? Yeah. Well, that's what I meant by developmental issues or... Uh, illnesses or did I say mental illness I meant developmental no. illness I, anyways, did, regardless but... I did regardless yeah, of the did, situation I still it. think that they should have forced them to donate this money to the whole contract to different organizations to help or even the hockey diversity alliance or uh, foundation that they have through the NHL to uh, help with programming anyways um I don't know why that came to mind, but it came to mind. I feel like we should talk about it because of this hockey related and it's not politics because it's, I mean, I guess people could say it's politics, but you can shut up. Um, all right. So another just real quick annoying aspect of it is the what about ism. Like if you go on Twitter and you see like people post their articles, they wrote about it or the, the reporters or the like Elliot Freeman type people will, will put their tweets on about it. 
And then people will throw out like, oh, like what about this player in the NHL who did this or this player in the NHL who did that or this player in the NHL who did that. they're still allowed to play, so why isn't Mitchell Miller? Like he, it's it's not the fact that he did it as to why he's not I mean, I guess he did it plays a, a part in it, but there's a lot of players in the league who did or have probably done some crappy stuff in their life or have probably still doing crappy stuff in their life. But the the bigger issue is that he he one him and his agent lied about it, and two is he's never shown any remorse or or shown any care to even make amends with the situation, like he's been asked to do numerous times. That's the bigger issue as to why he's not. Yeah, wasn't given the contract. It's not the fact that he did it. Like yeah, like Elliot or Elliot Evander Kane did some pretty crappy stuff, or people are bringing up the Austin Matthews with the girl in her car or Patrick Kane situation or whatever. But they, they, they showed remorse for the situations. They apologized for the situations. They, they took steps to not only make themselves better, but to make other people better based on their actions that followed. He's never done any of that. He's never even tried to do any of that, even though his agent and them say that he has. He's never. That was a lie. Also, those situations are two vastly different situations. One, because none of those people actually, or none of those situations actually ever went to court. They were also on the court, probably to help the player's image. I mean, the Evander Kane, maybe. But the Patrick Kane, I don't think there's actually, truthfully, like any court documents that state, like, that is actually, not saying it's not true, but there's no actual, I don't think there's actually any court evidence saying that it is true. I think he said on outside of court, probably, again, to most people settled the situation on court, so then doesn't go to court, so they don't get slander on their name. The Van Kane situation is a little bit different. However, Vander Kane did go on a, a live four-part TV uh, broadcast talking about the whole situation, explaining how he's changed, and there is actual proof that he has demonstrated those changes. So, it's just annoying, man. Like, every time I turn around, there's some kind of other bullshit stuff that comes on about the, the sport of hockey, the hockey culture, the NHL. And it just makes you think, like, what is going on? Like, what is so bad? Like, why are people, like, why isn't anyone actually being held accountable? And yes, keep kicking them out of hockey, sure. But it's like, even to the Hockey Canada thing, no one talks about that anymore. Like, there's an active player in the NHL who is involved in investigations, and he's still out there. Because, like, Kyle's parents, who put him in minor hockey, they paid fees that go to pay for pro hockey players and almost pro hockey players' mistakes. Like, it just seems like no one's actually there to hold any of these players accountable. So, also, the other thing that really annoys me is people are saying the only reason why he didn't get a fair NHL contract is because of Kimalu. Because, from my understanding, is the agent, the agents said that he talked to Akimalu when Akimalu found out that he was going to represent Mitchell Miller. They went to lunch. Akeem Alou told him that was a bad idea. And then a couple days later, the family found out. So now people are blaming Akeem Alou for being a rat. It's like, it's not really ratting him out. It's actually more, uh, I think, for good. Pardon me? It was just a device. Like, yeah. It's not really like the same. I don't know. There's a difference between being a rat and like advice. Advice is like a good thing. Because in this case, obviously, I well, everyone has an opinion, but I think. I think it was a good thing. I'm sure you guys do. Um, Cause we all have the same opinion on it, but um, 
yeah, it's not like he was he was saying something that was bad. Like I don't know. Well, there's also um, probably people out there who are only saying this about Akeem Luke because they're still mad that he was shining a light on the negative side of hockey. The side of hockey that most fans don't really want to talk about, he's been talking about for years with receipts to prove that it's true. So they probably just jumping on that that bandwagon of hating on him because he's talking about stuff that people don't want to talk about. Yeah. Um let's uh if you guys are good, let's end it uh there. We'll get uh We'll get a word in from DraftKings, and then we'll uh, throw it back to some Leafs-related NHL news. Oh, plus we have a cool segment. Uh, we kind of did a little bit last year at the predictions, but we're going to do an over-under segment with the weeks ahead. Plus, uh, K-Dog over there is going to be doing some uh, betting segments. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'll never call you K-Dog again. But... Okay. All right, so uh me, Scott. I said good choice. So we'll be back after these words. Um, write down the promo code THPN. Win some dollars. Oh, after Kyle bet or Kyle tells you who to bet on. Actually, don't listen to Kyle because what is he? Zero for five this year, Scott. Last week I was one. <laughs> week I was one and three. It's been rough. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, sure, relax. So I on. said you guys are more than welcome to add in a pick because yeah, Scott I, actually did. He said bet on the least to win this weekend and then bet on them to lose every game. That's so far, I'm accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Scott's three for three. Kyle, you're, uh, I don't even know, one for six. All right, uh, pay attention to this sponsorship ad, and we'll be back. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multi-bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. Whether that be Josh Allen and the Bills destroying their opponent or Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs running up the score you can get even bigger payouts and that's why DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use promo code THPN and place a $5 pregame moneyline bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See notes for details. All right. Do you have a Do you have a pick this week? Nope, just you there, buddy. Oh, and, oh, and we have some fancy dance and music in the background for Kyle. So here you go. We'll play it while you talk over it. Okay. You want to run for a long. The Chicago Bears favored by a three. Um, last week, Justin Fields looked very good. Um, he had three throwing touchdowns um, against Miami. 
as well as he rushed for 178 yards, which broke the regular season record for rushing yards by QB. 178 yards, that's crazy. A lot of running backs don't even get that in a, in a uh, one game. That's a lot for a running back to get in one game. So for a quarterback to get 170 yards, that's crazy. Um, another point to add to this pick, um, Detroit, before last week, I think they won 15-9 against the Lions. Uh, what am I saying? They're, they're the Lions. I think they won 15-9 against uh, the Packers, a team that's struggling right now. Okay. Aaron Rodgers and his offense in Green Bay hasn't looked very good. 15-9, all right, whatever. Um, but the last three games before that win last week, they've given up 84 points in three games. Um, the Bears' offense isn't crazy good, but I think um, with how Justin Fields played last week, obviously it's not going to be the exact same, but I think he's going to uh, continue some success in the offensive game. He's got some solid receivers out there. Um, I, I say cover the Bears for three points. That's my lock of the week. Um, these next two picks, they're kind of uh, iffy. Like just because of how tough NFL has been to bet on this year. Um, so my next pick, I have the Cardinals to win in Los Angeles. I know you guys are going to say, oh, like you're taking the Cardinals in L.A. to face the Rams. Like, really? Um, yeah, I, I, I think they're going to turn it around this week. So this is kind of a coin flip here. Both teams are one and four in their last five games. They both lost two straight. Stafford was a uh, did not practice today. He could be out this week. Um, not sure yet, but with right now it being Thursday, Stafford not practicing. It's not looking looking the best. And I know um, I don't think they're backup QBs or anything special. Um, we'll just find the ball to cup. But I think the uh, Cardinals win that money line. I take them. Um, they're going to be plus money right now by a little bit, depending on what happens. Um, Kyler Murray is questionable. I think he was limited today in practice. I think it's a hamstring injury. Um, I think he play, ends up playing, but uh, yeah, I take the Cardinals to win. And my final pick um, is going to be the New York Giants. They're coming off of a bye week. And the week before, they had lost 27-13 um, in Seattle. So I think they're coming back to fight. And with the week off, they'll be well-rested. Um, they're minus 4.5 um, at home against the Houston Texans. Houston's a team that's going to be the bottom feeders again. Um, their best receiver, Brandon Cooks. He's a little upset because he wanted to get traded at the trade deadline so that he could go to a contending team that could potentially get him a championship. That didn't happen. He's still upset. Um, yeah, I think the Giants cover four and a half points. Daniel Jones, I think he'll be able to exploit the, uh, the defense of Houston. And um, Saquon Barkley gets a couple of rushing touchdowns. Um, that's it for my betting segment this week. I don't know if you guys want to add anything, but that's all for me. I actually do want to add something.
Okay, tough crowd. <laughs> all right, that's all you get. Kyle. It could end up being. It could end up being for that music. Who knows? Yeah, it could be. And, and then uh, Scott will get the cheering music next week when we come back. Um, Scott, you got anything to add to that bang segment, or you think uh, Kyler Murray was um, limited to practice because he was playing too much Call of Duty? <laughs> I think I think this is the first week I've agreed with all three of Kyle's picks. Not that that means anything, but yeah, yeah. I think I would have picked. I would have picked the like, same yeah, thing. okay, approval. <laughs> um, to be honest, Kyle. Sometimes they don't even listen to your picks, uh, especially this week because I was jamming out to the music. That is a okay. You got you guys like the music? It kind of sounds like uh, a remix version of the Golden Eye pause music. Huh? <laughs> the goal and I oh from oh yeah yeah. No, Anyways. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about getting some uh game show waiting sounds, but it was all like techno and I was like, that doesn't sound too good. This one I think's like a nice steady one because Kyle was like feeling it. He was like, All right, so we're picking uh the lions. The people <laughs> lions. Oh wait, they are the lions. Okay, yeah, you're gonna call me out on that, really? <laughs> As if you're Mr. Perfect. <laughs> Ah, man, here comes the gong show over here. Get all mad. Jeez, relax. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's bring her back here. We obviously have some other news to talk about. Uh, Scott, want to take it away? No. All right, well, I will. Try, Toronto shakes up their lines. Uh, and obviously Sheldon Keefe had talked about how Nick Robertson's, uh, and he said it's not an age thing, it's a performance thing, because he's got one of the lowest goals expectancies over whatever it is, 60 minutes, um, next to, I believe it is, Abe Kubel on the least well, was. So, yeah, Toronto shakes up their lines, and, and Carolina seemed to be nice with Marner and Tavares and Nylander and Matthews. Both lines led to a goal. What do we think? Should we uh, keep him? Should we change what, him back? Oh, I'd keep him. Okay, well, what were you going to say when you're. No. Uh, uh. I was going to say, wasn't Toronto losing like 3 2 something by like two goals to Carolina? Uh, they were losing 2 1, I believe, weren't they? No, they weren't. They were losing 1 nothing because they won 3 1, didn't they? They did. Okay, then I must be thinking of a different game. I thought they were down. Um, yeah, I I would keep well, Robertson in the in the lineup. I didn't. No, but I thought they were down like like three three one or. Oh, uh, okay, okay. But it must have been a different game. I don't think. Um, yeah, I don't agree with Keith. No surprise there. With the it's not a age thing; it's a performance thing because you haven't really given them a a chance to perform. Like you put him in a game and then you take him out for three games and then you put him in for a couple of games and then you take him out for three, four games because he makes simple mistakes that he hasn't really learned to to adjust to yet, which is the point of him playing. So yeah, I don't really, I, mean, I don't agree with the it's a performance thing. I I do agree with you, but at the same time, he did spend two years in the AHL. He should be able to correct some of the things on the fly. Okay, but there's still numerous players in the league who make numerous. Yeah, I know. And they don't get I know, them. but at the There's end of the day, players but, on this team who do it all the time. Yeah, I know. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just simply stating that if he spent two years in the minors and he really wants to be in the NHL every day, 
he should have kind of focused on a couple of the other things that he struggles with a little bit more. Because I noticed that he's just like he he tries hard, but it just seems like he's always waiting for the shot, which I don't think Toronto wants. I don't. I don't. I think you just keep playing them. But also at the other at the other side of it, it's like Toronto's left wingers are I think who Bunting, Zach Ashton, Reese, and him. So it's like, yeah, but Ingvall is naturally a center. But like, so then you've got those three players and they're playing, like obviously Bunting mesh well with Matthews and Marner, but it's like Robertson obviously is, is the guy who I personally think could be your best left wing of them all. So it's like, you're right. I, I would have time playing as much as you can. Also, when you're playing seven minutes a game, you're not really doing anything. So. And then there's the Matthew Nyes discussion. Have you guys heard about Matthew Nyes? Now people are rating him a two, two and a half star, or not two, two and a half star, two, two and a half uh, level forward. So basically, second, potentially third line forward. Could be. Your, your mic is messing up again here. Near me now. Yeah. Okay. I was saying people are calling Michael or Michael Bunting, um, Matthew Nye is a two point two five or a two to two point five uh, level to uh, level four, so he's going to be playing second to, to third line minutes, and he might just be a little bit better of a version of Piringle. Why are they saying that? Though? What's their reason? I have no idea. It's so funny because, like, like, literally at the end of last year, they wanted him to come to Toronto to win the Stanley Cup. And now people are talking him down, like, basically saying that he's no better than Pierre Engvall. He might be a little bit better. It's like, isn't that so funny? Yeah, but with what reasoning? They don't have any. Yeah, exactly. That's why I just think it's interesting. It's like when Toronto finally has one prospect that they're waiting on to come and not Nick Robertson, like, actually waiting on him to develop and, and want to come. And then you people are just going to shit on it because it's Toronto. Is it because they think that because uh, he, he hasn't played a game with the Leafs like in the regular season, they they think he's oh well, yeah we'll drop him down a line, he'll be the second liner. One of the reasons I heard is because they don't think he's going to mesh well with Austin Matthews. It's like if he does all the things that Austin Matthews and and Mitch Marner don't have to, then I think he's going to fit. That's why Michael Bunting fit. Yeah, how do you know? You haven't, you haven't played him with him. So I just think it's funny that now people are saying, he, going from he's like the next big thing in Toronto who can help them win a Stanley Cup to no better than Pierre Engel. It's like, I don't believe that. People just like to say stuff just to say stuff nowadays. So their whole, base is, their whole basis is just hypotheticals of what he will do when he comes to the NHL? Yeah, and other people are saying that Toronto actually might use him in a trade chip because they want to win now. And Kyle Dubas, if Kyle Dubas doesn't get an extension by Christmas, he's going to try and light this thing up before he leaves. It's like, I don't believe that. But that's dumb. Doesn't he have like 13 points or something in the, the, the college he's Big Ten or whatever he plays for? Like the, yeah, I think the he's doing fairly well. And so people, like, that just contradicts everything people have been saying. Like that, 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 that's the most annoying thing about Leeds fans is they, they change their, their stance every day. One second is Kyle Dubas traded away our future. 
to try to put this team together to win a Stanley Cup, and then the next day is we need to trade Matthew Nice to add players to help us win a Stanley Cup. Well, that's the same yeah, thing but, you just ripped on Kyle Dewis for doing. Yeah, and also Toronto, like Toronto, has ownership and a president who are very involved. So if if Kyle Dubas just thinks he's going to go ahead and trade all of the prospects to try and blow this thing up one more time in case he gets fired, but, that's not going to happen. Well, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But I mean, like, I don't think he's going to do it. But it's like you think Brent Shannon's going to okay any of those or go to man or go to ownership with any of those situations? Well, no, yeah, yeah, that's true. Like with the the. I mean, if you want to say Big Five, if you had Riley in there. And then you have Matthew Nice coming, and you have Toppy Nymola coming, and you have Ronnie Hervin coming, and whoever. Like, Toronto isn't going to be bad. Like, you still have your core, plus you have pretty much a whole core of prospects coming after that that you have for three years at, at entry-level contract. Yeah. It's not yeah, so I... like if Engvall leaves, if... If Kerfoot leaves, if Bunting leaves, whatever, you have guys that are coming that are supposed to be better than them anyway. If, yeah, and if then there's, there's also whatever. There's also other tiered guys like there's Ty Voigt, who's like I think putting up if he keeps on this pace, I think he'll be like top five all time points per game in the OHL. He's, and then there's part of me. Yeah, he's got some crazy numbers this year. I don't know if I, you guys have been following it, but and then there's Fraser Mitten. Yeah, the guys they drafted this year, like uh, Moldenhauer and all that. Yeah, it's like I, I, I don't think. I mean, not all those guys can will maybe will hit, but it's like I just don't think that Toronto is going to be stranded, and I also don't think that Kyle Dubas is going to say, "Okay, you want Matthew Nice for Jacob Chitron? Okay, let's do it." When they wouldn't trade Nick Robertson because they want him, I personally think Nick Robertson would be the guy that they trade out of all of those guys because, obviously, they don't seem to be the, the most happy with his with his uh, development. Yeah. Is uh is Jacob Chitron becoming the new PK Subban? No, Jacob Chitron. Yeah, well, yeah, true, actually. But Jacob, every trade, Jacob, every offseason, it's just the Leafs are going to bring him in and our defense is going to be stellar because of it. He's so funny, huh, Jacob Chitron? Didn't want to play for Arizona, then got injured, and now is, is potentially going to be injured for almost the whole season. It's like teams aren't going to want to trade for you if they don't think that you're you're healthy. Uh, just quickly before we move on to another lease prospect, uh, Nick Ritchie apparently is the number one target for the St. Louis Blues, who have lost eight in a row. Why would you make that your number one target, Nick Ritchie? Yeah, because because they because St. Louis because they can't afford anybody else. No, they can. Like they can trade players. Obviously, like I would take Tory Krug, but the problem with it is. St. Louis, much like Philadelphia, wants to try and live up to their old heritage where they are a tough guy team or a rough and tumble team, and they don't want to admit that Jordan Cairo and Rob Thomas yeah, aren't those type of players. So now they want to bring someone who's a big-bodied forward who can help them. It's like, trust me, we went down that road with Nick Ritchie, and he's not that big-bodied forward. He's actually a plug who has a baby face and always looks like he's going to crack. We went down that road with more than just Nick Ritchie. Well, yeah, but it's like if their main target is Nick Ritchie, then like good riddance, you're going to keep losing because that guy's only going to play good against Toronto. Yeah, he's, he's not going to make that much of a difference. Like the only time that he'll make a difference is literally yeah, just in the games against Toronto, which I think is hilarious because when he was in Toronto, he literally didn't do anything. Um, Pontus Holmberg, Sheldon Keefe did mention that he has a good future as an NHL player. He was on the right side of the puck. 
you know, play a two-way game, fast, competed, um, fast on and off the puck, and then he doesn't play for two games, he gets sent down. I don't know what to do. Like, it just seems kind of strange that we're... Yeah, it's like... And then we lose Abe Kubel, which apparently the whole premise of putting Abe Kubel was on waivers was also not the fact that he only played 36 minutes and they didn't really care for him. And he was like this analytically uh, gold piece, the fact that they needed to clear a contract. Excuse me, sorry. Which I think is funny because they cleared it that day and then the next day they need to sign Keith Petruzzelli, which no one obviously knew Sam Sonoff was going to get injured. So I think they should stop using that as an excuse. Yeah, because then they put Abe Kubel on waivers before. The day before, yeah. And and since actually I looked at his I looked at his stat sheet. So I think in the last three games with Washington that he's played, I think he's played a total of forty minutes. And I think in like what what he played two, three games, he played thirty six or thirty two minutes or whatever it was was Toronto. And one game he played like I think it was like thirteen minutes or fourteen minutes alone with Washington. It's like I bet you this guy's just having a hell of a time. He played nine minutes the other night against Pittsburgh and ten minutes against Edmonton. Prior to that, he... was it not? There's no game that he played fourteen minutes. No. Is there anyone on on Washington that played fourteen minutes? Because I swore I saw fourteen minutes. Uh, Eller. Oh, maybe. He's right. He's right next to uh, Abe Kubel. Yeah, on the sheet here. Okay, then my points mute. Never mind. I, I still don't get why they didn't like him though. Like they said, yeah. he need like like I don't I don't know. They brought him in to be that analytically golden piece. Exactly yeah, what like, he was doing on trial is why they brought him in, and now he's a bag of dog shit. The one to drop another cup with Toronto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it was it, no, it was Nick Dowd. I was looking at fourteen minutes. Uh, yeah. Like and then didn't they didn't Keith say like he needs to work on other aspects of his game that we don't like from him? Like yeah. what? Like shooting, of, know, maybe offense. Like you didn't bring him in to play offense. You brought him in. Allegedly play. playing on the right side of the puck. It's like his whole purpose is to be is to be crushing guys. Yeah, like and that's what he was. He, he has what thirty or almost forty hits, like a 30, 36 or thirty seven hits or something like that. Didn't he have? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, he had 19 hits through two games with the Leafs, yeah. I I looked it up. I think it was like a game before they sent him down. And he was like fifth in the league in hits. And he had played half the games that everybody else had played. Yeah, well, I think the problem is here, Kyle Dubas said, "Okay, we tried the finesse. Okay, we tried that bottom six tough guy. Now we're going for the gritty uh, I'll check you analytically gold pieces. And Kyle, I think Sheldon Keefe said, F you, this is my team, which I think is a joke. Like, because Zach Ashton Reese, until he found chemistry with the, who was at camp in Malgan, he was in and out in the lineup every other game. So it was more. Or if not more. Yeah, I know, but it's, yeah, well, exactly. But it's like, I don't really comprehend what they're doing because, like, even people are complaining about uh, Zach Ashton Reese saying, like, well, he gets a quiet three hits a game. It's like, so he's not he's not leveling guys, but he's still doing his job. That's the problem, and I don't know. Maybe it's just Toronto fans and media, 
but like they expect every power forward, every physical player we have to be Wendell Clark, where he goes out there and he throws seven hits a game and he puts up five points a game. Like, like there's no player in the league, even in today's league, that that plays like Wendell Clark does. Like, if if a player is is on the team to hit, he's not putting up five points a game. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could argue like maybe the Kachuk brothers or whatever, but but they're not putting up five points a game either. But like. Austin Reese wasn't put on the team to throw eight hits and get four points a game. So when everybody's ripping on them, saying like he had a quiet three hits, what'd you expect? Yeah, he still led the team with three hits. Like three, four hits is the average for a player of his style nowadays. And he's not like he's not going to put out five hits and, and even get two points. Like that's that's not a thing for his style of player anymore. And also, I I just. I think that it's kind of weird because if you look at the stat sheet and almost everyone else has like one hit, maybe two hits, and then he's leading with four, it's like it doesn't matter that he's not crunching guys. The point is he's doing exactly what Toronto paid him to do. He's maybe not playing the best defensively. I think that line gets uh, outchanced, and the expected goals when they're on the ice is pretty high for that line. But it's like I don't think that he's playing necessarily that bad. In my head, or in my mind, if if you don't hear his name that often, then he's doing his job. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, unless it's like a big hit and everybody freaks out about it. Is usually like fourth line players, if they're mentioned a lot, it means that they're having a bad game. Yeah, that's if, true. if he's having a quiet three-hit night, then, then he's doing his job because he's not making mistakes. He's not doing things that are noticeable that people are pointing out. In the negative aspect, the only time his name, unless he like scores or whatever, but the only time his he should be really getting like the commentators or whatever to mention him is when he's throwing big hits. Other than that, he should be just be like having a quiet night because that's his job to dig the puck out, to throw hits, whatever. He's not on the ice to to deke around everybody, to put on a Mitch Marner style play or an Austin Matthews style shot or whatever. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just uh, kind of getting annoyed with how things have shaken da- shaken down this season, and there is some help. I I think that this is a very interesting situation. I heard this the other day. You know who's sitting as a healthy scratch in Buffalo? Um, uh, let me think. Let me think. Dylan Cousins? No. Oh, Kyle, you uh, got a guess? Middlestar? Nope. Uh, a post Oh, uh, Owen oh, Power? No. Uh, what? Okay, I'm just going to take it away because you guys are just some <laughs> dumb answers. Peyton Krebs. Nope. Eli Labushkin. The person that Toronto wouldn't pay 2.25 to actually play on their team and be good. And they, I think he hasn't played in like two or three games. He might have played in one of those games, whatever, but this was the other day when I heard it. Like I think it was actually like late last week that he's been a healthy scratch for a couple games. So it's like, if I was Toronto, I'd be like, oh, I've got an idea here. Why don't we flip you um, Just at that point? Well, yeah, but at that point, we could we could have easily simplified it as, like, you retain half. We'll give you a prospect that we're not going to sign or a prospect overseas or a prospect that's unsigned. And I'll be Kubel. And we'll take Yuli Labushkin. If he's a healthy scratch and you want 
because Abe Kubel would fit on that team because Buffalo is that style player or team, like the like like basically work for every shift. So like he wouldn't he would be a decent fit there, but I don't know. I, I just I think that you look around the league and you see some of the players that are are being sad or putting on waivers. Like I just think that there is potentially better options that Toronto could get. I know that there's a price to pay, but it's like I hope that they actually do something because I I don't think that Zach Astoris, Camp, and Morgan is going to be a good line going to the playoffs. Like that camp, yes, Zach Asharis maybe, but I, I just don't see it. What are you saying, sir? I was gonna say, as much as I like Labushkin, I think especially with Sheldon Keith and Dubis in the, the, the position they're in, uh adding him to the team only means that Sandina Lilligren are gonna sit. Because they're oh, not well, sitting Hall, no matter what. And J- Jake wasn't hurt. And they're not sitting Riley, Brody, Giordano. Yeah, I don't. Soon. I don't think Lilligan's sitting anytime soon. No, but but that's my that's my point though. Is if it's even if it's Sandine, like I wouldn't take that trade because like Sandine needs to play. I heard that he might be sitting out one of these two games for Jamie Ben. Also, people are comparing him to Travis Dermott. Jordy. Yeah, did I say Jamie? Sorry. See, um, yeah, people are comparing Sandine no, to Travis Dermott. Okay. It kind of sounds like we're, I'm hating on Sheldon Keefe. What? I don't know. You just started like rambling and like sound like a robot. <laughs> that was bad. Like you were just talking like a robot that just said what? <laughs> I started talking like, I started talking the second Kyle said Jordy. <laughs> on my screen, like in my computer anyway. And then you were just talking in the background to me. Okay, there must be some uh, technical difficulties, so. Apologies. Yeah. Anything um, sounding a little off. Anyway, I was saying, like, as much as it sounds like I'm hating on Sheldon Keefe, which whatever you can think that all you want, um, it it seems to be an issue with him with the younger, like it happened with Sandine, it's happening with Robertson, it happened with Lilligren, where he, they get called up and then they don't play up to the hype of of what they were supposed to be right away, and then they kind of they just get sat or get sent back down, so they get shuffled in on the lineup, and then it kind of diminishes their, their value. Like, if Rasmus Hendina at this point is being compared to Travis Dermott, then, I, I mean, like, because he's in the same boat Robertson was in, right? Where Especially him and Lilligren last year and the year before where they were kind of in and out of the lineup. They had a bad game. They got sad for a week. They came back in. They had a bad game. They got sad for three games. Yeah, he's also in the same boat that Travis Dermott was in. Where yeah. there was no potential because they kept playing the same six or four guys ahead of him. The only, the only one that I would, I would argue. Yes, it was the same situation with Lilligren, but like Robertson, they expect more from because they don't want to play one dimensional. Sam Sandine, I guess one of the, the, the points that they're making to him is that he seems a little bit scared out there, but Lilligram, they actually wanted him to switch from an offensive. Like when he was drafted, he was supposed to be an offensive, like stud defenseman. Like he was supposed to be a good offensive, offensively gifted defenseman. And then they basically changed his mentality once he got to the AHL to a defensive defenseman or to a defenseman who focuses more on the penalty kill and everything rather than the power play. So I understand why he had a hard adjustment. But it's like the other two, they're just nitpicking. Like Robertson, put him on the third line, let him lead his own line. 
Sandine, let him actually play. And I, I don't see, I mean, I mean, not that I don't see it's, I don't a hundred percent agree with the Robertson. Like he may not be the best defensive player like ever, but he still does play defense. And if he's slotted yeah. in, if he's slotted in, uh, like eventually to play in the top six or whatever with Nylander and Tavares or Matthews and Marner, then like the the way the team is set up right now is, is like the bottom six is more defensive focused, the top six is more offensive focused. So why would you care that he's not Patrice? <clears throat> excuse me, Patrice Bergeron level defensive forward. He's never going to be that. So why? Like it's not that he doesn't play defense ever. Like he had, and even the last game he played, he made a good defensive play. So it's not like he doesn't play defense, but they're playing it out like he doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm just kind of tired of the same narrative always being pushed in Toronto. Like that, younger guys have to wait. Younger guys have to be 26 before they can play. You know what I mean? Like, just let them play. Build your team around those players because those players now, I mean, not Sandine, but Robertson has three years or two years of 800,000 or 900,000 before he has to sign. You know? And if it's going to cost you your favorite players and Justin Halls or Pierre Engvalls or Alice Kerfoot or whatever, then, I mean, maybe not necessarily Kerfoot because he seems to be a utility guy that can play on every line, but like if, if, if you have Ronnie Irving coming into the lineup next year, or Toppy Nimala or whoever, and you have to get rid of Justin Hall for that to happen, then get rid of Justin Hall. But it seems like they're not willing to make that trade. Like the last couple of years, if you go back to the Sandine Lilligren example, like they should, to me anyway, other people have different opinion, obviously, but to me, they should have been in the lineup over Justin Hall. But it seems like the. They, they weren't chalked up as that, so they were always passed over for him to play or or whoever else to play. Like, Robert, in my opinion, Robertson should, and Malgin and Austin Reese should be in the lineup over Pierre Engvall at this point. But those three are always the ones that are being shuffled around, and Pierre Engvall gets chance after chance after chance. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Like, if Pierre Engvall has, what, two points 13 games into the season? It doesn't hit. Nick, yeah. Nick Robertson has what? Four or five points or four points at least? There's, yeah, there's I think Dennis Nick Morgan Robertson, has, yeah. Dennis Morgan already has three goals. Like, there's no reason that those guys should be sitting as in the stretches of games that they sit in. And Pierre Engvall hasn't been sat since, like, what, three games into the season where he missed the one game? Yeah, the... Uh, when the coach said that he needed to actually think about his actions and then yeah. nothing ever came of it. Yeah. yeah. No actions were thought of. Um, I'm just trying to find something quick because I... I uh, <laughs> on, Kyle. Wait one second. <laughs> what is that all about? Kyle's first joke on the podcast, everyone. Give him a round of applause. Thank you. Thank and you. here's everyone laughing afterwards. <laughs> Thanks, Kiwi. You're welcome, buddy. Hey, remember that guy that we knew that name was Doug Kawhi, and then Kawhi left? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but you're after. Yeah. Yeah, what's your dog's name? Oh, my gosh, Kawhi, because I love Kawhi. 
Especially two days, two days later, this guy's like, I haven't hate you, dog. <laughs> it's like Peter. He's like, I hate you, bees. I hate you, bees. <laughs> you, <can laughs> leave too. you ever seen that episode? Uh, okay, good talk, Kyle. Anyways. Um, <laughs> directed towards me. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was talking you know, about You know what episode is my favorite? Oh, the Rising Up one? Of course. Um, I forget what it was, but I was I was watching uh, on YouTube the other night before I fell asleep. I was watching Steve Dangle do a trade tree, and I'm not the biggest fan of Steve Dangle, but the trade trees and how Sportsnet breaks it down is kind of cool. And there was one oh, come it came to mind. There I came. <laughs> it just came to mind, ladies and gents. Okay, so uh, the year that Toronto traded Alex Steen and Carl Koliakvo for Lee Stepniak, Carl Koliakvo and Alex Steen went on to play almost like a thousand games for St. Louis and had like four hundred points. Um, Lee Stepniak played like fifty games here and had a collective like two points. Anyways, which led to basically nothing after that. Uh, Toronto actually got a trade proposal from, I believe, Edmonton at the time, asking for Alex Steen, who had 40 or 50 points in his first season. Toronto rejected the trade. Let me tell you who the main target of the trade was. Any guesses? Uh, Jordan Eberle. No, it was before Jordan Eberle. This was like 2005. Ryan Smith. Nope. Close, uh, but nope. Um, Sheldon Surrey. Nope. Close. Closer, but nope. Forward? Chris Pronger. Yeah, Chris Pronger. Oh, Toronto got offered Chris pa- Chris Pronger before he went to Anaheim and won a Stanley Cup. So he was probably like, I don't know, 30, mid-30s, maybe early tw- or late 20s or whatever it was. And Toronto said no for Alex Steen because wow. they said that Alex Steen was going to have a good career with Toronto. And then Alex Steen went on to, I think, score like 25 points in the next uh, year and a bit. And then they traded him with Carlo Koliakovo, who they said had injury problems, and then went to St. Louis and barely missed any games. I think he played two straight seasons of 82 games. And then, uh, yeah, Toronto traded at least Stepniak to Pittsburgh and then or wherever team it was, Arizona, and then basically got nothing for him. And I think they took on Rafi Torres in that deal, but then Rafi Torres was just a cap dump. He never actually played a game. But, yeah, so Toronto has never really been good with defense. Could have got Chris Pronger. Yep. Anyway, so if you want to, I know we're kind of – I'm kind of – I forget what I'm – I forget the word, but kind of pushing another company or whatever. But if you ever want to, tune into those. They're kind of fun. He he does Wayne Gretzky ones, tons and tons of ones. He does, like – how a David Perron trade affected the Leafs, Roman Polak's trade. There are a whole bunch of them, and they're, and they're fun. They're like 10 minutes long, and it just kind of breaks down. And the cool thing is, like, for example, if I traded Scott for Kyle, and then Kyle got traded to, I don't know, the dumpster for a can of beans, then they would also talk about what the can of beans got traded <laughs> for. <laughs> what? I'm saying you're garbage. Wait, so Kyle and, a, Kyle and a can of beans for a dumpster? No, 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 I Whoever traded, traded that guy's deal. I traded, I traded Kyle for yeah. you, and then yeah. the other team traded Kyle to the dumpster for a can of beans, meaning oh, Kyle's so trash. Kyle can of- okay. <laughs> Are we talking on skates or what here? Because I, I guarantee it. I can do it <laughs> 
buddy, you know Pavel Burry? He taught me how to skate. You don't skate. You've told me this. I do skate. I just can't stop. What's going on? Hey, Dave Pooler, Yeah, I'm actually not. I'm actually more like... Um... You ever Luis, seen that Luis, TikTok right of that one guy that's like, it's it's getting bad on here, it's snowing, and then he slips on the ice? Yeah. That's me no. going on the ice. I step one foot on it, and then I'm just like instant splits. I'm kind of like that. This is how I skate. I'm kind of like that and uh, the anthem singer that tripped over the over the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Donnelly. Yeah. <laughs> That's me trying to stop. Don't ask why I know his name. Because you're in love with him. We get it. Okay, guys, don't laugh or anything. <laughs> Jeez, relax. Kyle's probably like looks at the picture of him fl- flying through the air on his uh, wall. Turns on sound of silence. I'm actually watching the first one. Sound of silence? Yeah. What are you yelling? Is that what it's Ooh. called? Sound of silence? <laughs> <laughs> I said he turned on sound of silence. Can you guys not hear me when I'm talking? <laughs> like, I was just yeah. talking for like three minutes. I don't know. It's really glitchy. Yeah, you're really glitchy, bruh. Anyways, uh, I think that might be a wrap on this podcast. We didn't get to everything, but we will quickly do over under five goals in the Pittsburgh game on Friday. Anyone? Anyone? Over under? Under. Under? Okay, who's scoring for the Leafs? John Tavares, Dennis Morgan. Okay. Kyle? Um, Alex Kerfoot and Mitch Marner. This guy already failed. Alex Kerfoot? Yeah, you're probably going to say Justin Hall. Actually, I will say Justin Hall, and if he scores, you have to give me Nathan McKinnon for nothing on fantasy. No chance. You can't give him for nothing. That's what you got? Huh? Can't do that. Yeah, you can. The trade will get you just trade one player for nothing? He'll just trade me a player, and I'll just drop the player. I'll just drop the player. Yep, pretty much. He'll trade me, McKinnon, and I'll drop Pontus Holmberg, who I have in fantasy. Picked him up because he had a good first game. <laughs> Sheldon Keefe said that he was going to have a career in the NHL, so I picked him up. Uh, game against uh, Winnipeg, over under two goals. Winnipeg? We play Winnipeg? I said Vancouver, dummy. Nope, you said Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I, I, I said Winnipeg. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Okay, Kyle, can I get you a recording of you saying that? Why do you want that? Because then I can put Why on you the just soundboard. Get a recording of the actual guy. Actually, no, I'll just, I, I don't even need you to record it. I'll just crop it out of this recording, and then I'll put it on this, on the soundboard. So then whenever something's funny, we'll just say, here you say, got him. Just like that. All right, over under, over under two goals against Vancouver. Of course you would. Of course you'd do that. Like, like two goals for Toronto or two goals in general? Two goals in general. Over. Okay, actually, let me re- let me do that. Let me do this again. Uh, uh, we won't do over-under in this situation. We'll do a yes-no. Yes-no, Vancouver blows a two-plus goal lead against Toronto. No. Okay, yeah, I don't 
what's happening. Scott's never watched a hockey game before in his life because no, they're not going to blow a two goal lead against Toronto because they won't have a two goal lead against Toronto. That's yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. No, okay, you got lucky on that one, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> All I was saying was, shut up. This guy said Scott doesn't watch hockey. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like you're like, nope, not gonna happen. I'm like, this, Vancouver's literally blown six of seven of their losses are 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 two plus goalie blows. So shut up. Anyways, um, anything else? That also, you didn't pick. Oh, I'm saying uh, under five goals in the Pittsburgh game, and yes, they're gonna blow two plus plus goal lead. Who scores them? Oh, in the first game, Awesome Matthews. I'm gonna say Awesome okay. Matthews is gonna score twice. Oh, Awesome Matthews and Justin Hall. Okay. So and if, if he wins, sorry, if I if I win this, if I win this Justin Hall bet, the entrance music or the theme music for next week is gonna be the cheering with Kyle saying "Got him" in the middle of it. Okay. <laughs> It's going to be people clapping, and then, yeah, Kyle DeZeon got him in the back. Is that a wrap? All right, so I think so. to pick the least to lose. I'm just going by your bets, buddy, from last week. Tron's going to lose all the other games. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. All right, so remember, subscribe to our website, uh, social media accounts, and check out the Hockey Podcast Network, which we are in partnership with. Uh, remember to put your bets in using Kyle's bet segment for what are those games? Sunday ga- Sunday night games or Sunday games? Uh, yeah, I think they're one o'clock and four o'clock. Okay, perfect. So use those games, win some money, and um, use the promo code to get a little bit extra. Also, you can boost those games with a five dollar bet. Uh, thank you. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Let us know if you ever want to give us feedback on how you like the soundboard. Do we use it too much? Do we not use enough? Should we add more? Should we get Kyle to say, got him, and put on the soundboard? And then also I'll get Scott to say, can you even hear me? (laughs) Anyways, have a good night, everyone. Take care. Thanks.